It's Monday night. It's Carla Radio. And this is Loveness!
Okay, welcome to Carla Radio, and right now we are streaming live the A D and D Advanced Space Marine oh, Game boy. System. <laughs> Let's do it. Uh, we have to my right the challenger uh, Matt Ketchum, and Hello. we are we are D and D riffing uh, yep. with Paul from Funeral Sutra. Welcome, sir. Welcome. It's good to be here. Thank Thanks you very much. Here. Thank you very much. Um, now, for those of you who don't know, uh, Funeral Sutra is a Tokyo-based band with two foreign members and one Japanese drummer. And uh, they, I'm not allowed to swear, but they are very good. Imagine what I would say in place of that. Wait, we're, we're not allowed to swear? <laughs> you can swear a little you didn't bit. tell me that when I said agreed to come. There's loads of things you're not allowed to do. Uh, but, no, but if, what, if you swear, it gets blocked out by Jean Claude. The next thing you're going to say, you have to be wearing pants right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. And actually, you have to seriously. Take yeah. pants on I kind of wanted to tell you that. <laughs> but yeah, we'll let it swing low for the time being. And, uh, just, <laughs> just do our thing. Um, so, uh, yeah, Funeral Sutra, really good band. Some of you may have heard of them, uh, some of our American listeners, because. They, you got kind of when you released your the first EP or album, whichever one you'd call it. Uh, I remember you were on Invisible Oranges. Was that right? Yeah. So really, yeah. Well, yeah. we released our EP Meditations in mid two thousand and fourteen, and I'm a total metal nerd, so I basically read Invisible Oranges every day, and yeah, yeah, and yeah. so I thought, hey, I'll send it to Invisible Oranges and see if they like it. And so, yeah, they listened to it, and the uh, the writer, Wyatt, liked it and gave it a great review, which was really cool. Yeah, that, that was really, really cool, because I'm a big fan of Invisible Oranges as well, so seeing you guys on that was like fairly like, whoa, why can't we do that? I, I remember <laughs> hearing, I think you explained it to me, I'm of course aware of the website, but I never understood, well, I mean, I do now, but for a good bit, I invisible oranges but what, what the hell does that mean and then oh, yeah, i think you're the one who explained the, yeah, the hand yeah. the claw it was, it was funny when we sent it out because like there's a there's a and there's a few sites that i always look at and have over the years and i've commented on etc and so i've gotten to know kind of the people who who operate them and i sent so when we released the album i sent it to three or four sites and we got good reviews from maybe three of them and one of them was like sorry dude but I'm giving you a one out of 10 because I fucking hate the vocals. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's okay. At least you gave me an honest answer, yeah. man. That's cool. I will find you and kill you. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's in Sweden. He's about six foot seven. So, uh, yeah. uh, okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll leave Let him slide for, for now. But uh, we, uh, you join us at a time when Funeral Sutra are about to release a second album. Yes. I can, I can <laughs> say that, right? I yeah, can, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. So, and what's the name of this new album? We are still debating it. Okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. Uh, well, I think it's okay to say I've heard the album. Yes. And yeah. it's pretty damn good, man. Yeah, it's you you, you keep saying that, and I'm really quite curious about it. So. Oh, yeah, no, you... you uh, like, anyone going to search out Funeral Sutra right now, you are going to be in for a huge shock from going from meditations to this new... Unidentified, yeah. I think maybe we should call it um, second level wizard. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I mean, it, it's interesting. When we did the first album, we came into it with a pretty... Well, when we started the band in late 2011, when I came back to Japan, we came into it with a really strong passion for wanting to do something in sort of a depressive black metal vein. 
Uh, and that really shone through, I think, in the songs that we wrote in the way that we played. And so when people listened to it, they were like, wow, that's really awesome, like atmospheric black metal. And um, that was, I think, the way that, that was what we had set out to do at the time. And I think we accomplished it. But over time, um, I think we've wanted to sort of move away from that a little bit and just become heavier, like, because that's what we listen mm. to. I mean, mm. when I listen to bands these days, you know, my favorite band is probably Lord Mantis and yeah. Aosoth. Migla, Coffin Worm, like those are the bands I listen to basically every day. And not that we want to sound like that, but if you listen to something every day and you're really passionate about that, I think that just bleeds through into mm -hmm. the music that you yeah, play. Very much so, yeah. And um, fortunately, I'm very lucky to play with the guys that I play with and we're extremely close friends and, and musically very aligned. Mm -hmm. And it just worked out really well that with the evolution that I wanted to go through musically, that the bandmates wanted to go through as well at the same time. And so I think for us, you know, it's like as you grow older, right? You look at yourself in the mirror every day. You don't notice a change when you see yourself every day, but somebody hasn't seen you for five years and they're like, shit, dude, what, what happened, man? <laughs> who are you? Yeah, who are you? <laughs> yeah. uh, and I, think, I mean, hopefully it'll be like that, where for us, we're kind of like, yeah, we went through this natural progression and we got a little bit heavier. The vocals sound, you know, hopefully a lot heavier. The guitar sounds a lot heavier. Everything, the songwriting's mm -hmm. heavier. But for us, you just, you know, it's, shit, it's a day-to-day transition. But I'm, mm -hmm. I'm hoping that when people hear it, they're like, wow, is that is that the same band? Like, it's kind of, it, it sounds the same, but it sounds really different and it's heavier and I like it more. And that's what I hope happens. Right. Mm. Well, I mean, it, it was a year and a half, right? Yeah. That you, that you guys took off to essentially write that. We and basically, feel it out. so we released Meditations in sort of, yeah, around mid 2014. And then, yeah, it's been two years now. And we, we haven't played a live show for almost a year. We basically have just been focused on writing and recording. And was your last show, was that a Blood Rite? It may have, it was at night, it was at uh, Heavy Sick. That's right, that's yeah. right. That, yeah, yeah, I remember oh, that. Oh, no, wait, there's the yeah, one with Neuroticus as well. I mean, uh, the, the, the channel. No, I think you were playing with, um, what was it, Funeral Moths release? Yeah, gig, Funeral Moths, right? Oh, yeah, which is a fantastic yeah, okay. band. Yeah, God, that, that yeah. album. Yeah. Is it Dense Fog? Yes, that, yes. No, that's the song uh, off their first album, I think. Which I think is called Dense Fog. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Can't be sure. But, we'll yeah, have to ask that's, a, that's a heavy album. But I mean, the, the challenge for us is that we're all older and working, and you know, two of us have in the bands have kids and mm. very busy with that. And so, I mean, a, a typical month for us is we jam twice a month, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so that jam has to encompass writing and also keeping keeping it tight and keeping mm -hmm. it going. And um, so we're probably a lot slower than other bands, you know. But we've talked about it, and we're like, you know, like that's that's cool for us. That's who we are mm -hmm. at this point in our lives, and if we become one of those bands that does a release every few years and you know, it's uh that's the way we work. So mm, we're, mm. we're cool with that. Well, in terms of, like you said, keeping it tight, I mean, practicing twice a month to me sounds, I can't do that. I, I definitely need to be in the studio much more. What are you doing um, in terms of, I guess you would call that work-life balance, but um, <laughs> in terms of actually, uh, if you're not practicing with the band in the studio, um, are there certain things that, you know, just practicing in your bedroom, or what What kind of steps are you taking? I, I could insert a joke about practicing in my bedroom. <laughs> um, no, you know, I, I, I can't speak for for Jordan, the guitar player, and, and Kenta, the drummer, because, I, I mean, for me as a bassist and vocalist, I think what they do is probably technically more complex on their instruments for me 
frankly, what I play is not that technically demanding. So mm -hmm. for me to be able to maintain at the level of playing, mm -hmm. it's like in anything, right? If you want to raise your game or you want to maintain your game, it just requires a different level of commitment and practice. Sure. Yep. And so I've been playing long enough that I can maintain my game and it's not, doesn't require a lot. Mm -hmm. For me, the challenge is more vocally and I have to kind of, if I go through a long stint of not, rec not playing live or recording, then it takes me a while to kind of get my voice back. Right, right, right. That's interesting because I think since I've been seeing you guys live, I, I've seen maybe two or three incarnations of your like vocal style. And I, I remember most vividly seeing you, I think it was in Earthdom. I remember watching you play and just thinking like, wow, man, Paul is like going into like hardcore vocals here, like full on kind of. I, 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 I'm happy you say that. I wanted I wanted to bring that up. Previously, you were just talking about um, kind of the progression of the the new album that you have coming out versus your first album. But before that, you and Jordan were also in what was it, Black Line? Um... Black Line Fever. Right, which was it was a yeah it was a pure hardcore band in the early 2000s here in Tokyo. Yeah, so that 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 progression itself, I think, is is kind of interesting. The going from and granted, there was what an eight year gap or so between maybe about a five year gap. What made you go from playing pretty you know fast paced hardcore to the kind of black metal that you guys are doing now? Well, I mean, I've always been a metal guy. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, since I was a little kid, maybe I mean I'm in my forties now, so it's been thirty years of basically nonstop metal, but also a fair. <laughs> fair amount of punk as well and yeah you know for me i don't know it's it's not a kind of it's not binary between metal and mm -hmm, punk right? mm -hmm, it's not zero mm -hmm. and one right it's a continuum and frankly if you listen to bands like his hero is gone or uranus or from ashes rise like are they metal bands or are they punk bands like yeah, yeah i mean yeah. frankly if you were to compare his hero is gone and lord mantis there's a lot more similarity than if you were to compare lord mantis and demu borgir you know mm -hmm, and, and, mm -hmm. or even you know lord mantis and dark throne like just the, the feel to me it's all about the feeling right yeah and, yeah yeah and i mean frankly i think there's this incredibly false dichotomy between hardcore and metal which is just a completely you know, stupid way of looking at the world is trying to pigeonhole things into genres but, and that's been kind of a recurring theme both in i guess the last episode we touched on it a little bit um is genres i know you've definitely voiced an opinion about it yeah, I, and i definitely I agree with you it. it's i mean maybe death metal right something like that that's wide enough it's not so specific but all these i mean you know blasting and, and it, it just gives and... people a reason to create a boundary and mm -hmm. like well, you know I when, think... when i was growing up i had grind freaks and i had uh the earplug sampler which i've mentioned before on this and the the i remember the earplug sampler definitely in their brief spiel in there they were like this is grind this is grind it was entombed bolt thrower napalm death brutal truth like need for control era brutal and so for me i came back to actually being involved in metal quite a long time later like 2000 or something and it was suddenly so everything was com compartmentalized you know mm, it's mm, like mm, this mm, is mm. grindcore this is death metal and they shall never ever meet and i i can't stand that i actually hate that but I mean, it's funny. I'm going to sound really old and like one of those <laughs> crotchety old guys who you know, whinges about. Shit. But I mean, back in the early '80s, when I was first really getting into metal mm. and stuff like that, like any of my friends who were metalheads, like everybody had the same albums in their collection, and mm. 
it ranged from, you know, Metallica, Slayer, Anthrax, Megadeth, kind of the thrash bands. Mm -hmm. and then, of course, you know, you know, Death and Possessed and Celtic Frost and bands like that. But everybody also had, you know, Black Flag, Suicidal Tendencies, Dead yeah, Kennedys, yeah, Circle yeah. Jerks, COC, mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. all of those bands. I mean, like you listen to COC Animosity or, you know, Eye for an Eye. Like, those are just incredible, brutal, hardcore albums. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And at that point in time, like, everybody was listening to those same albums. Like, DRI, listen to the early DRI albums, yeah. man. Like, they're just killer. And so... Wait, don't be late! <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I just you know, over time, you know, yeah, these, these sort of dichotomies and walls build up. But if you break it down to the original intent, was, which was to create an art form outside of mainstream music yeah, and to yeah, yeah. give, a, give a, an avenue for some of the darker feelings that people have, whether it's around sociopolitical attitudes or religious attitudes mm -hmm. or just human spiritual attitudes, like... It's these dichotomies that people create are just com a complete waste of time. Mm, mm, mm. In, in terms of uh, attitudes, uh, you have a very consistent theme, it seems, running through the funeral sutra material uh, w w with meditations and new album, Dungeon Explorer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, we, we've got song titles like Grace, uh, Devil, uh, Secret, and I mean, I, I see a lot of kind of uh open religious kind of meditative feels to it and i know in the meditations you actually mention dogen no, just, yeah dogen yeah um, oh dogen yeah, yeah yeah right right i see what yeah. you're okay no i mean it's 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 hard to to talk about it without you know end up sounding a bit like a pretentious <laughs> person but <laughs> totally. i like being in a band at this point, I've been in bands for a long time, right? Yeah. And if I'm going to be writing lyrics and singing and being up on stage and, you know, we only have a limited amount of time and energy in our lives, right? So to dedicate time to a band, it, it, I want it to mean something, right? Mm -hmm. Like I want it to be about something and have it be something that resonates with me and that is really important to my life and that is something I'm sincere about mm -hmm. and that's consistent with my values. And so... You know, I mean, I, I might choose to listen to all sorts of genres, you know, with a lot of satanic themes or nihilistic themes and whatnot. But, I mean, I can't get up and be on stage and be sincere and be singing about nihilism and Satanism and death and all of those. I mean, and death is a little bit different because that's part of the human experience. But, mm -hmm. um, you know, I want to think about and write about and spend time working on, like, universal human truths. I mean, how can I write lyrics that help me make sense of my own life and my own place in the world? Well, that, that's one thing that I think at this point it's probably maybe a little bit trite to point out, but one thing that's definitely uh, kind of guided my interest in extreme music, be it metal or noise or grind or whatever, is, I mean, even if it is nihilistic, even if it is about, you know, mass murder or whatever, these really bad, bad things, um, you're actually getting exposed to these bad things so that then you can have an opinion on it. Mm -hmm. Then you can actually know these things. It's kind of about finding your extremes, Mm -hmm. and what you, not necessarily what you can go past, but that, yeah, there are these kind of bad things out there and somebody's talking about them. Maybe it's maybe it's like Hannibal Corpse and really kind of jokingly mm -hmm. talking about it, but then you've got people who like Burzum and things, and actually what he's singing about is really serious, and he's actually an asshole. But being exposed to those things is, that gives you more to more to grapple with, more to think about, Mm -hmm. And more to produce with, mm. more um, to form your own opinion yeah. about. Right, right. Yeah. That's that's the really important part. You know, so I I think that's that's a good point. There is, I mean, you, 
to be human means you grapple with some pretty mm. painful things. I mean, everybody who lives is going to either lose somebody who they love or they're going to, you know, be the one that is lost first and causes a tremendous amount of pain. So there is no human life without suffering, right? That's, right. And so, I mean, that's one thing I've always liked about metal and the, these types of music that we're all passionate about is it, yeah, it brings these kind of darker things in life that we have to grapple with to the forefront. Mm -hmm. So it gives us an avenue to explore them. But at the same time, there's also beautiful and wonderful things about the world and there's wonderful and amazing things and beautiful things in life. Mm, yeah. And I don't want to only focus on the dark and shitty things in life. I mean, because both, both poles exist, both experiences mm. exist. And to me, just as a human being who loves music deeply and passionately, like if I'm going to spend time on this, like I want to try and explore both of those sides. And I mean, I think, one of the things I do like about the darker aspect of it, it's almost like it, it's an inoculation against the fear of death. Right. It, yeah, it is. It's it's like, you know, getting a shot. It's like yeah. getting a booster shot of, <laughs> you know, of really. Awesomeness. Yeah. <laughs> Pucker up, so this one's coming in. Yeah. Uh, but and, a, and interestingly, like we've talked about death before. Um, that Lyrically, for me, that's a band that was very, very important. Yeah. The, uh, mm. Just a lot of what he had, like individual thought patterns for me was a huge kind of like whoa like this is not someone getting their face ripped off this is a dude talking about existential <laughs> kind of like what happens when we die kind of stuff but i mean it's it's really hard for bands to pull that off mm. like, yes yes you, you know because it's one thing to do it lyrically and and you know i i th i think we're on the path of getting close to being able to express lyrically what we want to express and musically but I think, I mean, musically, it's so difficult. One band I think that does it well musically is Alcest, mm, where just broke okay. up, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't, I don't know. I think I like know. two weeks ago or but something. At least not the most recent album, but the one before it. Like, they're able to express these kind of feelings of longing, and there's mm. a bit of darkness, but a bit of light. They just do it really well. Actually, even kind of Mid Era Shining did it for me. Like Mid Era mm. Shining, are just man, I could just sit there and listen to that for hours. Well, I think Funeral Sutra for me has always had. You bring up Shining, I think, is a good um, comparison. Uh, you guys are heavy. <laughs> like, you're really, really heavy. Yeah. But there, there is, I don't know what to call it. It's maybe posit positiveness to it, or there, there's a powerfulness that's not, that's not lost, right? And I would, the same feeling that I get from, I think, actually, Funeral Moth. Um, yeah, it's dark and it's doomy and it's, um, for Funeral Moth, it's really slow, but there is, it's almost like there's light at the end of the tunnel mm -hmm. or something like that. And you're going through the sludge and the, and the muck and all the bad stuff, but it's not all lost, which I think is actually why the first album, Hope, um, is my favorite song, uh, on that album because it, it really expresses that kind of, no, it's, it's not nihilistic. Yeah. Right. Um, it actually... I don't want to say can get better or something as positive yeah. as that, but there's it's it's deeper and more more complex than just oh everything sucks. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, it's I think if I were to boil down all of our themes into one sort of core concept, it's just simply that the the world is the way that it is. Like the as human beings, as organisms, we experience certain sensations. And whether they're good or bad is just a label that we put to it. As mm, 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 much as we say if something's moral or immoral, right? Mm. Um, you know, the, the world is as it is. And, you know, as humans, the, the, the finest thing that we can do is experience, is that, experience it as it is without putting this filter on it of judging mm -hmm. is good mm -hmm. or bad or 
pleasurable or unpleasurable. And because it's once you start to seek the pleasurable and fear the unpleasurable that we start to have suffering. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and uh, I mean, it's, it's an, it's a very difficult quest, but, um, that's, at least that's why we play D and D. And full side. Well said. <laughs> um, no, but I think that's actually what you, the way you just described that, um, put into words, what I couldn't, um, it's maybe accepting or, Hey, this, this is it. And it's all you're going to get. So yeah. get what you're going to get out of it. But I mean, it's, and this is where, I mean, a lot of people kind of mix up the idea of, of acceptance with passivity or fatalism. Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. you can accept this moment as it is and you can still acknowledge wanting to change it. But that doesn't mean, you know, wanting to change something doesn't mean that you have to fight against experiencing this moment as it is. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. You've got, you've got my head just thinking about songs that I've listened to where definitely people like my parents when I was younger and, <laughs> uh -oh. and, and just uh, story. people <laughs> listen to this music that I'm listening to and they just think like, what the hell is that? The the one song I can think of just off the top of my head, because uh, I remember listening to it at work and someone coming in and just going like, good God, you must be so unhappy, uh, <laughs> is Holocaust Summoning by Black Witchery. Mm. And I mean, it's a rem relentlessly punishing song, but at the same time, like, I think we all have these songs that are furiously punishing, but it is very cathartic to mm. listen to these things. Yeah. Um, like, I, I know you're not a fan, but like, uh, the album Times of Grace by Neurosis, mm. uh, which is just, it's a really, really like low, just not fun album, but. I finished that. I finished that album feeling like I've been asleep for eight hours, and someone has polished my third eye. <laughs> you know, to uh, quote, to quote the living, well, the dead, now dead God. But no, uh, definitely. I mean, a, a song like that for me is "Phoenix and Flames" by Converge, which is just like a forty-second, blistering drum solo with Jake. You know, doing what Jake does best and screaming his lungs out, and it is one of those cathartic. I mean, it's. It's not noise, but it is very difficult for anybody who isn't kind of already into this sort of thing. Emotionally yeah. invested in it. You know, it. and they listen to it like, oh my God, what? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, for me, it's Shining's Vemodet's Architecture mm -hmm. and uh, Indian's The Fate Before Fate. Oh, That's a name okay, I have heard yeah, for a while. Man. I tell you, man, that, that one song, The Fate Before Fate, is just, it's just heartrending. Mm -hmm. And Indian do that so well. You yeah. just have this absolute yeah. crushing brutality with a hint of melody. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. like, that for me is just when it gets so amazingly powerful. It's, I mean, a band, like, it's, it's, it's not a band one would think of as being melodic, but, you know, the band Torture Killer. The song, <laughs> no, I don't know the, 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 I, I love that. That's a great name. No, 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 you know, no, dude, dude, if, if you want, if you want to just really uh, pay tribute to yourself, yeah. go home and listen to the song Forever Dead by Torture Killer <laughs> with Chris Barnes on vocals. Okay. It's just, <laughs> oh, I mean, I sound like the biggest metal nerd right now, but man, I could just sit there and listen, rewind, listen, rewind, listen to the ending of that song for hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's just got that perfect mix of like utter crushing brutality, like massive stone tombs toppling over mm. with just this totally despondent melody in the vocals trailing out. Yeah, it's like, bam, nice. just, very, just get, very nice. gets me in the heart every time. <laughs> it's, Torture killer, man. That's why I got it. I got it tattooed across my head. Uh, so we, I think we're getting rounded up right now. Um, 
the one thing that I kind of definitely, I think Matt thinks the same that we want to get from this podcast as well, or radio show, whatever you call whatever it. you want to call it, uh, especially for our listeners in America is who would you recommend to the outsiders? Of, like, Jap like, of Japanese yeah. bands? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I, they're already well known, but I'm a, a huge Kohol fan. Mm, Great. Mm, I just well, hopefully that's got them more fans. I mean, just now. what on Osmos? Uh, yes, yeah. I mean, Cole are one of very few bands in the world that can be amazingly technical but still be emotional mm. and cathartic. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, I just I, I they're a they're awesome dudes. B they're fantastic technical musicians, and C they're able to write like really good metal songs. And they've got a great stage show. Yeah. Like mm. they really pull it off yeah. every single time. I, I remember seeing them the first time and just, uh, I forget who we were playing what, with. Was that at Pumpkin? Where no, it was the... Antinoch. And, oh. and there were, for the whole concert, for all of the bands before, there was just like, n no one there, you know, well, just like little metal <laughs> guys. And then all of a sudden, just before Kohol started, all these girls came up to the front. Uh, yes, said, I do. I do remember that. This band must be special. That but never I, happens I at our show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That's they all, right. all move to the back. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think we've all shared stage with at the same concert, right? With um, Kohol as well. Yeah. Yes. Like uh, um, your meditations. Yeah. Kohol the, were releasing something. The first time that we played together was with Kohol. It was yeah, what? Dark Butcher, Hopes, Butcher ABC. Yeah. Uh, Kohol. Undead Daredevil, um, Funeral Sutra, of course, at Pumpkin, which, well, I guess still is. I haven't been there for a while, out in Yokosuka. Um, yeah, God, that was four years ago? Yeah, dude. I mean, <laughs> yeah, <now>. dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, I, I think you're going to let us play a track off the new, as yet unreleased, unnamed, although I've given you several suggestions. <laughs> <laughs> Album, is that right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, which track are you going to choose? Uh, we'll play Grace, the first song on the album. Which is really heavy, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, I, yeah, you're about to get your ears blown out of the side of your head, even if that is possible. <laughs> uh, it's the beer and it's Monday. Uh, so yeah, this is Grace by Funeral Sutra. This is not released yet. This will not be out by the time you hear this. So this is a very special track. Thank you very much, Paul. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. I should probably say that too. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, whose role is it next? <laughs>
Okay, welcome back to Carla Radio. It's Monday night. I'm sitting in Studio Chaos with uh, Matt Ketchum and some dude, some death metal dude. Um, Hey, death metal guy, please introduce yourself (laughs) to us. Hey, Uh, Hey. my name is Naru. Hey, Naru. Uh, My band, Boche ABC, I'm playing guitar and vocals. Nice, very, very cool. Did you hear that? People at home, we are sitting down with Naru from Butcher ABC, and correct me if I'm wrong, CSSO as well. And he is the owner and operator of Obliteration Records. And I think I first met him a long time ago in a place called Galleria de Muerte, which has lots of cool stuff in it as well. Um, Naru, whereabouts are you from in Japan? Where from? My from? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I uh, born in the Sumida. It's uh, east of Tokyo. Okay. It, it's kind of the downtown areas. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right. My area is a really local uh, town. Uh, only small factories mm-hmm. and uh, small market street. Yeah. Right, right. Not yeah. any big building like uh, Shinjuku mm, or sure. Shibuya. It's not uh, far from the hip town areas. Right. Well, that, that's the Shitamachi. Yeah, region, exactly. Right? The, it's called the Shitamachi. And it, is that close to the old Galleria de Muerte? Yeah. yeah mm, not far, but not close. Sure. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like that kind of thing. My Galleria uh, de Muerte was the uh, Ueno area. Yeah. Right. It was what? Inari? Inari Cho. Yeah, Inari Cho. Right, right. Which right. is like Inari Cho. I thought that was very, you know, kind of small and exactly, yeah. kind of thing like that. I, I should probably mention for everyone at home um, you might have an image of Tokyo being this massive, massive mm. place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's bizarrely not. Uh, you can kind of cycle from one side to the other mm. in about an mm. hour and a half, I think. Mm. It's, mm. it's not that big, it's just that there's a lot of stuff going up. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, Nari's place, Galleria de Muerte, was second or third floor. Uh, third floor. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. just this cool little gallery that um, I, I walked into one day because I was like, oh, Galleria de Muerte, that's, that's, cool <laughs> that's really, really cool. <laughs> uh, and yeah, it was, it was a real shock to go in there and see it because I, I walked in there for, like, oh, I want to go and see an exhibition, but I came out with records and just thinking like, <laughs> hey, great, yeah. even better than that. Well, I, I think on my um, my first battle jacket, I bought probably half of the patches that I have on my jacket, I think from Gallery de Muerte. Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah a long time ago. Um, and uh, obviously you are running Obliteration Records yes. as well, which is a name uh, some people might be very, very familiar with. It's the white and black um rectangle which is very obvious when you see it um and uh butcher abc signed to oblivion hmm? butcher, butcher butcher abc are they on oblivion oblivion yeah well, obliteration we... sorry man no. sorry. Too, many, too many beers <laughs> too many beers yeah obliteration yeah, yeah. obliteration records started in 1993 oh wow it's what? you've been doing it for that long yeah it's uh nearly over 20 years yeah. yeah. How how old were you when it started? Uh, no, before uh, the first is uh, I published the fanzine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's called okay. Circle of the Grind. Right. Okay. It, it was 1992, mm-hmm. and uh, 
I published with the fanzine and the trading mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and lots of the CDs and the fanzines and the starting selling at the uh, merchandise at the show. Mm -hmm. Sure. Uh, but the, I need a uh, mail order. Right, right. Yeah. Right. So I starting the mail order too uh, and. Uh, Selling lots of the underground stuff mm -hmm. uh, all over the world, mm -hmm. and uh, it's a. Uh, I but the, at that time is the distribution is without any name. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. So I and I trade in lots of the stuff all over the world, and uh, I contacted with uh, some band, mm -hmm. and uh, I'm thinking maybe I'm better to starting the uh, label. Yeah, it's right, more serious right. label. Uh -huh. So I contacted with. Uh, a Swedish death metal band that's called uh, Deranged. Deranged. Oh, wait. Yeah. Okay. So the obliteration, the first release, the Deranged seven inches. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is the first. Yeah. And uh, you know the the next is uh, releasing the tapes mm -hmm. and, and another seven inches stuff and blah 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 and so now it's rolling. rolling. And suddenly it just started. It yeah. started going. It got momentum. Oh. Okay. Wow. My mind is blown. I. Okay. And, and twenty years. Too. Yeah. That's and a it, long and time. it wasn't like. Uh, Butcher ABC came into it. What in like two thousand? Um, it's a really long story. Uh, my first band I played in the Maoti Corps. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, it's not my. I'm not original member. Right. I just a uh, kind of support member. Mm -hmm. So I uh, didn't touch any songwriting. Mm -hmm. So I played only the second demo tape, mm. and I played uh, at that time. I. Uh, my band, not my band, uh, the Magori Cops uh, touring with the uh, Guabion Necropsy. It's uh, yeah, yeah. Who okay. are now the Noise Noise of Gogos? Yes, now right. Noise of Gogos. Also, the, I uh, play with uh, uh, Transgressor mm -hmm. and Rose Rose. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, I left the band. Wait, wait, wait! You you played yeah, you with played you played with Rose or, Rose? Uh, yeah. Yeah, in the 1993. Really? Uh, 19, yes, 1993. I didn't know. That. I had no, no idea. No, Rose Rose. At that time, Rose Rose playing that that's grind style. Wow, because okay, now, I yeah, mean, I, I've just started actually getting into Rose Rose mind. recently, and I mean, they they remind me of kind of maybe late 90s or early 2000s, like like American power violence, yeah. like East yeah, Coast yeah, yeah. power mm -hmm. violence, and they were they used to play a completely different yes, style. Yes, yes, yes. I think the Rose Rose beginning is a more thrash core, mm -hmm. and the change to the style and the death grind, and the next is a more punk rock I mm -hmm. don't know and then now they're playing the thrash metal style no kidding I had no idea <laughs> about it. because everybody talks about especially Rose Rose um, with like skate punk oh yeah right and and thrash too yeah. is always the name but every time I see Rose Rose and like Koni-san mm. um, it's I'm, I'm just thinking well where's where's the thrash this is just like really you know power violence and really quick and yeah. really you know great stuff but not what everybody says it is and yeah. you, you were playing guitar with them yeah no 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 uh, uh, sharing the show mm -hmm. because okay. the Ro okay. Rose Rose uh, or organized the own uh, series gig mm -hmm. at the Harajuku Los Angeles Clubs okay. uh, maybe uh, 1992 3 4 mm -hmm. uh, maybe around right and uh, now I'd play in the Maori Corps so we play together also transgress uh, right and uh, Guabion Necropsy. Well, mm. And that was because around that time, his transgressor did a, um, what, a California tour? Yes, um, yeah, bassist, no, uh, bassist, probably bassist or uh, Takashi-san, yeah, the drummer, yeah. he uh, yeah. moved to the 
America. Right. And so I, th- I, I think, think Necrophile did one around that was time it as may- well. Maybe Necrophile did a tour in uh, Los Angeles in 1991 or two. Okay, because okay. I, I remember talking to Takashi about that, and he said, oh, yeah, we, you know, man, we were 19 when we did that. And I remember thinking just, <sighs> oh, man, that, it, that is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah, the the guys of the Transgressor and the Necrophile, it's kind of Japanese death metal pioneers. Mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. think the first band play in the United States, mm. the, I think Necrophile is first. Really? Yeah, I think. No wow. kidding. Because yeah. who is it who has... Um, oh, no, it was Anatomia who mm-hmm. have uh, Chris Reifert um, writing the inlays for the, ah, yes, for the yes, last yes, album. Yes, yes. And I was just thinking, like, how do they... And this is before I knew anything about them. It was like, how did they get him to do it? But mm. obviously they're tight because mm. um, doing the trading and stuff like that. That is quite mind-blowing, actually. I like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so and uh, so this transgressor, because I personally would like to listen to a lot more of what went on back then. Um, transgressor, Necrophile, uh, Gore Beyond Necropsy. Were there other notable bands at that time? Like I, I know there were skate bands and things like Rose Rose. There was, is it Genova or Gen- Genoa? Genoa, Genoa. Mm. yeah. Um, also uh, in Osaka City, mm. yeah. in the Cataplexy. Oh right, yeah. yeah they yeah. now oh, play in the okay. Brock metal. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the beginning is a uh, downtuned, <laughs> uh, really uh, heavy death metal. Yeah, it's funny. I remember. Oh my. Um, this okay, right? I'm probably going to be quiet for the rest of this yeah. conversation. My mind is just blown. I I tried maybe <laughs> maybe two years ago because I know Cataplexy from mm. their black metal. Yeah. Um, and maybe I didn't do my research or whatever, but I talked to them about playing a show, um, in Tokyo, and we were, uh, we almost did it, and then it ended up not happening. And I'm actually just I didn't know that they were that old. <laughs> so I'm yeah. totally familiar with Cataplexy from their current black metal state, but I, yeah, didn't, I didn't know that yeah. they were playing for that. It blows my mind. That I, but I guess everyone comes from their, mm, their beginnings. Mm, mm. So for something like Butcher ABC, were you guys always playing the style of music that you kind of do? Or did you start off as kind of like pop punk or something like that? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> The beginning, the, my band is just uh, the hobby band, the mm-hmm. Butch ABC. Sure. It's just only the recording. Mm-hmm. And with a uh, you know, m- eight track MTR, mm-hmm. uh, recording a really cheap sound production. But uh, at that time, the, I'm really into the uh, South American and the Mexican death grind bands, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Mexican Anacas, Cenotaph. Uh, oh. Cenotaph, yeah. Uh, something like that. That uh, Cenotaph album. I yeah. never find it on vinyl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so. I'm really into that kind of the really low death grind. Mm-hmm. So the Butchabis is the beginning is a low death grind mixed carcass, uh, the first album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, no playing any shows. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I'm playing in the CSSO. Right, on, right. On vocals. So, you know, the, my band CSSO uh, touring in the Central America, mm-hmm. Mexico, mm-hmm. and down to the Costa Rica, mm-hmm. uh, maybe six countries. Okay. Right what? There. That many? Yeah, Central America. Uh, Mexico, next is Guatemala. Yeah. Uh, Guatemala, Honduras. Mm-hmm. Okay. El Salvador. Me now. Nicaragua. Yeah. Yeah. And Those Costa Rica. <laughs> yeah. I, oh. yeah, we They're all in we the middle. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any tour stories from that yeah, one? Yeah, it was really uh, dangerous, also the very funny. Yeah. Uh, oh, really? Uh, that yeah, sounds yeah, like yeah, a yeah. good story. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> the tour is, uh, was uh, in 1999. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. 
at that time, you know, the, no internet. Right. Yeah. So right. I, I mailed to the tour organizer mm. by fax. Really? Yes. Right. Also right. the uh, snail mail. Yep. Yeah. And, and then the touring arrived at the Mexico City mm. and uh, all uh, moving by the like a bus. Yeah. No any tra uh, train or right. plane. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, <coughs> so it well, takes, you know, the Mexico down to the Guatemala, it mm. takes uh, maybe over 14 hours or something. Really? Wow. Yeah. That's a long, that's yes. a long trip. Yeah, also that, you know, the Mexico at the time is uh, really dangerous and mm. uh, in front of the McDonald's <laughs> yeah. and the police always standing. But, really? Uh, yes, but uh, it looks really funny, not not funny, but uh, really uh, shocking because they have their machine gun. In front yeah. of McDonald's. Yeah, yeah Ma McDonald's <laughs> also bank everywhere. Okay. Well, yeah, banks make sense, but I mean, who's, who's going to storm a McDonald's? This is where you got your collection of the... Uh, I guess the Mexican newspapers with the, ah, re yes, the yes, really it's extreme. Alarma. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's really extreme yes, photography. Yes. What's, what's this? Uh, it, well, I'll let Naro explain. It's kind of the newspaper now. Yeah. Uh, but the, and the, the front page is yeah. always like a really shocking uh -huh. uh, dead corpse, something or murder stuff. Yeah. Like a splitted head. Really? Uh, <laughs> Just on the front page of the yeah, newspaper? Or, yeah, or... <laughs> Guts everywhere or something like that. Yeah. It's very wow. The Russians killed him. Fuck this. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's a, it's called Alarma. Okay. Go, go it, to Obliteration Records yeah. website and look at like a lot of the CD ah, covers. <laughs> you know the Brufaria, the first album. Right, right. Yeah. It, it, it's, it's, it's one of those. Like, yes. Oh, and, okay. I, and I think there's a couple of corrupted seven inches that also have yeah. uh, that stuff. I'm, I'm also reminded of, I think it was Blood Right Volume 1. Where, yeah, the knives. Yeah, yeah, with yeah, like yeah, the, 50, yeah. The, the guy with like, mm. yeah, basically... Just covered in yeah. knives. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was a good, uh, a good flyer. <laughs> do, do you um, take a lot of influence from... Because I've, I've seen you guys live, I've... I've got the uh, butchered at birthday, but do you guys take a lot of influence lyrically from that kind of stuff, or are you are you focused on something else? Riddicks? Yeah, because yeah. yeah. like very often, like gore grind and stuff yes, like yes, that yes, is yes. quite uh, focused in what they do. Yeah. I I not influence, but I pick up or rip off mm -hmm. the uh, carcass riddicks, also mm -hmm. the slayers. Mm -hmm. Oh, nice, cool. Yeah. Mm. Can you can you give us an example? Uh, Morbid Angel of Death, Flying Free, The Sky is <laughs> Turning Red, Apocalypse is Here. Yes. Okay. <laughs> there you go. It's that easy, folks. Yeah, but pick, uh, pick up a guitar. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm I'm not uh, seriously uh, mm. into the kind of the gore Greeks yeah. or like a Satanism or something like that. It's a real crap. But uh, things more jo joking or mm. funny. Sure, sure, sure. And they mixed up the death metal sounds. Mm -hmm. It's get, getting more funny. Mm. Mm. Yeah, sometimes the serious lyrics or sounds it's okay, mm. but uh, my style mm -hmm. is a more funny, it, it kind of enjoy my life or enjoy blah blah blah. Yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Just kind of pointing out absurdity. Yeah. So Butcher ABC, you know the Butcher ABC, the, you know the band name is really well. Yeah, why stupid? <laughs> ABC. I didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> but ABC is Butcher ABC is like a really funny. Yeah. So yeah. also the movie. Uh. Like uh, uh, Matt, uh, you know, the Koi no Lesson ABC. Koi no Lesson? Koi no Lesson. It's a kind of love lesson. Ah, hi, 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 hi. Kita koto wa arukido, mita koto nai yo. So you. Uh. ABC is sounds, lit, really, sounds really 
it's stupid. Yeah, it's kind of childish. Yes, exactly. And, and so, sort of funny. But right, uh, right. The, uh, but okay. one more um, uh, reason. Mm -hmm. ABC is an atomic biochemical. Ah. ABC weapons. So really, I, I yeah. So we ABC the, warriors. Yeah. So we uh, yeah, gas okay. masking and uh, bloody apple. Ah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that does because make sense. The our uh, uh, concept yeah. is uh, a post-apocalyptic world. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. And the people um, fighting each other, eating each other. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, that it's kind of the cynical. Uh, very, very. I'd say. Uh, for so like uh, always, you know, the war. Uh huh. Uh, because of religion. Right, yep, yeah, yeah, yep, yep, yep. Okay. So something, it's kind of the... I, I always thought, because there's Butchered at Birthday, and then ABC kind of reminds me of maybe the Jackson 5, or like... Oh, or okay, like, let's or go like, down this hole or, or like, or, <laughs> like this. or like children's blocks or something, so I always thought it was like, you know, a butcher and then, well, children, I guess, so that got a little bit dark. <laughs> the the ABC, did you, did you get that from... Um... Uh, 2001 comics because you know they they had have you ever seen these in um, the 2001 comics Two, 2001 you mean Warhammer? 2000 AD sorry I'm oh. thinking of the Stanley Kubrick movie uh. it's Monday night people yes. <laughs> um, 2000 AD you know they have ABC warriors like they're giant robots but they're really they really wax poetical whilst mm -hmm. they're like smashing people's heads in and like that that it kind of links in with the uh, like the Warhammer stuff as well. Okay, okay. Obviously, you guys have the bolt thrower, yeah. uh, kind of plaque, which, uh, funny enough, I've read. I'm a huge bolt thrower fan, and I've been reading recently a couple of the books, and it's this eternal war that's going on. Like, yeah. it, it never ever stops, and when they think it will, it doesn't. Like something else comes up. Yeah. Sorry, you've just got me thinking on that yeah. tip, and it's. Uh, it's really cool. But that reminds <laughs> me too. One thing, and I still, I still haven't yeah. um, been. But you're into Warhammer 40k. No, um, right? I, I never played uh, Warhammer games and uh -huh. board games. But uh, I used to play in the another games workshop board game. Mm -hmm. It's called Talisman. Mm. Uh, I don't know that one. Uh, it's not a war game. More mm. fantasy stuff. Yeah, I I used to play D and D. Ah, yeah, 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 something like this, similar. Tune so, in next week for a live <laughs> streaming version. That's of, not a bad uh, idea. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna mix them up, people. <laughs> and it, you've, I, I think I've seen one butcher release with definitely what looks like Warhammer art on the front. Yeah, exactly. Is that is that real? Was that done by a Warhammer artist or anything like that? No, it's totally rip off. Okay, all right. Because cool. uh, also, Damn, you guys, come I, out. Also, I don't want to talk in this story. You know, the logo looks like the Bolt Thrower. Mm. Yeah. And uh, when we played in the Maryland Death Fest, mm -hmm. the first announce and the logo is uh, our logo is uh, looks like the Bolt Thrower logos. Yeah. But someone to asking to the, hey, the, the, this band looks like the Bolt Thrower. Yeah. What the fuck? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. So the Joe Bench, uh -huh. yeah, to marry our bassist. <laughs> so don't use the, the, this logo anymore. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> wow. Okay. Do you still use it? <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. So, uh, no, so, he, so, no, he uh, doesn't, people. No, he so, doesn't. Oh, oops. You know, the bolster. I respect the bolster. Yeah. 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 So, okay. I don't use it. So, right. the, I said, no, this is a fan made bootleg logos. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a Mexican bootleg. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. We didn't do it. <laughs> That's, yeah, I, I understand that both are very. Um, concerned about keeping their own stuff you know like they don't sell merchandise they only sell it at shows mm. and 
Um, but it has created this massive bootleg. Uh, you know, I've got a bolt thrower thing on one of my jackets, and it's a bootleg from Mexico. And because uh -huh. you can't buy the stuff because they never play, so you never mm, get to go and buy yeah, the merchandise. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, talking of which, talking of the merchandise, I always see these uh, Death by Metal shirts oh, you're wearing one yes. right now this is a slightly different design it's a gray top with an awesome take on the mayhem logo as well on one side i yeah, really like a, that that's a well. new one it's cool it's weird. yeah 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 yeah. it's really really good and is it has it got something on the back as well back is that ah yes, right, yes yeah, right. yeah that's so good and that's by ragnar isn't it yes the swedish artist ragnar ah Pelsen. okay yeah, it's so he, good, dude. He used to do a lot of work with you at Gallery de Muerte. Yes, yes. Also, that he did uh, uh, coffins, which I was pretty seven inches. Oh, did he? Mm -hmm. Also, the now's uh, the bastard grabbed from mm -hmm. Sweden. He, yeah, actually, yeah, I, he, yeah, he did the artwork. Right, I got, I actually got an email from them recently. So the uh, things that the merch, I don't know if I'm getting this right. It's Baku. Ah, uh, right, Barry right. Kart. Yeah, what is it? Barrier Cult. Yeah, Barrier Cult is a, a Canadian skateboard team. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Yeah, they uh, like a masked and yeah. also the battle jacket. Yeah. And uh, skating only the, uh, the barrier. Yeah. Oh, on on the uh, on the st what is it street. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, barriers and the barrier cart. And I saw them the trailer on the YouTube. It were I'm really so shocking. Yeah. They're the masked. It looks like a real setting metal head the frame, yeah. uh, skating. Yeah. And then the BGM is mm. using the sarcophago and the sodom. Right. Nice, nice. Yeah, so, so ah! awesome. So yeah. I, I mailed them to, wow, you guys are so no, 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 awesome. No. I want to walk in with you something. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, I got the mail from them and, um, and I offered them mm -hmm. to, I want to release the original merchandising. Right. Mm -hmm. By the card. So, you know, the, they like the black metal. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, okay, black metal is, uh, I know the good illustrator is mm -hmm. Chris Moyen. Mm -hmm. oh. He, mm -hmm. he uh, wrote some of the artworks for the Blasphemy, yeah. the Bear Hate. So you, so you know Chris Moyen? Yes. So I do. Yeah, so awesome. I mailed to the Chris Moyen and then the offer to the exclusive artworks for the barrier card. No kidding. Wow. That's... Oh, man. Cause you know what? Every <coughs> time I've seen them, I've been kind of like, ah, oh, I'd love to buy one. But especially before, it was kind of like, I'm a little bit too poor to buy it. Mm. But knowing that that's a Chris Moyen print, that's awesome. Yeah. That's crazy. Because it's always, I think you're wearing one on the back of your jacket as well today. And I was looking at that yeah, as yeah. you're walking in, I was just like, ah, oh, I kind of want to get something like that. <laughs> you know. Although I have to say thank you very much for uh, in liking my, uh, my, oh, right. my battle jacket as well. <laughs> Tom showed me your, uh, your Facebook post and I was just kind of like, yay, someone likes it. What, what show was that for? I can't remember. I think that was... Asakusa Extreme, maybe? Uh, it was either that or... I, no, it was the one that we played with Hipster Funeral. Ah. And uh, the one where no one was there. But yeah, uh, yeah. It, it was still good fun. Still a lot of good fun. Right. Um, so I think we're getting given time stuff, kind of. But one of the things I want people to hear is bands that you uh, think people should check out if they have time. Uh, definitely Japanese bands. Uh, if you can tell us any, that would be absolutely awesome. Good bands. <laughs> good bands.
Yeah, I mentioned the transgressor. Yeah. Mm, also yeah. the necrophile mm -hmm. and the multiplex. Multiplex. Multiplex, right, right. yes, which is Takaaki as well. And uh, well, Kurt, because you're booking a lot of shows. Yeah. Right. Mm. So with with the ones that you've done, are there any bands that are kind of coming up, kind of newer bands? Maybe there aren't many younger bands, but younger band. Maybe yeah, if maybe. if they because I mean there's Evil, right? But ah, okay, oh Evil or my uh, latest band, the Rocking Fear. Oh right, 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 yeah. right, right, right. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. They okay. are really, uh, awesome. They they did a split with Evil. Evil, they, yes. Yeah. Okay. That was amazing. Because what, Sabat, what it was, Sabat, ah, yes. Abigail, Lurking Fear, and Evil, I think? Yeah. Which, I mean, if, if I was their age, which I think is 21, and our yeah. first split album being released at a show with Sabat of all bands. Yeah, that's, that's pretty crushing. Yeah, that's pretty crushing, so. And you also got over Warmaster recently, which was yeah. totally awesome. Unfortunately, I missed that concert that night. I was working pretty late, but um, yeah, the show was so uh, great. Yeah. Also, the people is nice. Mm -hmm. I hear. I I was very lucky because I once ordered a patch off them a long, long time ago, and um, so when they when they came over and Tom went to the show, uh, the drummer of Wretch. And I just sent him an email saying, like, T-shirt, patch, T-shirt, patch, do not come back without one. Uh, and now I happily have one as well, which is fantastic. Uh, so we're going to wrap up. If people would like to find out more about obliteration, mm -hmm. uh, where can they go? Google. Yeah. <laughs> What's the, okay, what, so the people, <laughs> you go to google.internet yes. yes. and it's you type in easy. obliteration <laughs> records. Japan. Is, this segment is so redundant in this day and age. It's like Naru Obliteration Records. That's it, people. So Come on. And like, you know, after that, after you've had a look, go and have a look at your weird Japanese porn. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Naru, thanks very much, man. It's been a pleasure. Um, yeah, I appreciate you guys. Yeah, no I'm so sorry in my English table. <laughs> yeah, no, that's actually funny enough. I, I, was, I was wondering whether to point out that Matt's in here just to help uh, Naru, but yeah, I, no. I, he did an absolutely fantastic job. So, <laughs> yeah, so well cheers. Done. I mean, better than me, in fact, and it's my native language. Yeah. Anyway, Naru, thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you too. Would you like us to play us out with any particular song right now? A Butcher ABC mm. song. What, what song should we put on? Uh, ABC Butcher Company. Let's do it. Done! <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. <laughs>
All right, guys, we're going to sign out tonight. Thank you to everyone who has been listening, and thank you especially to Paul from Funeral Sutra, to Naru from Butcher ABC. I'm also going to say a big thank you to Daigo for making his way here eventually. Hey, man. And to uh, Taka at Studio Chaos. We're going to play you out with、uh, Size Shikigami. Just get past the terrible keyboard synth at the start, and it's an amazing song. We'll see you next time. Take it very, very easy.
Burn!